Tsetse, Lumpaville, and it has um, uh, a similar theme to the Mimer we learned about um, this Torah portion describing not just a war, but a war that is voluntary. Let's go right to it. The word Torah means instruction. Everything in Torah, and certainly the beginning and the name of the whole entire Torah portion, is an, a lesson, an eternal lesson in the daily life of Jewish people, of every Jew, men, women, and children. So we need to understand what is the eternal message, eternal instruction for every Jew from this Torah portion where we read, when you go out to war against your enemies, Hashem, your God, will deliver your enemy into your hands. Especially because this Torah portion is talking about a voluntary war, which nowadays that whole concept doesn't exist. I, I guess... Uh, of course, um, the IDF, protecting the Jewish people, is certainly a mitzvah, but a voluntary war, something that involves the Jewish court, uh, which we don't have uh, today, and the king. So that whole thing doesn't exist. So what's the eternal message uh, and the lesson of Jewish people at all times, also nowadays in all places, especially because we read in the Talmud, uh, and Rashi mentions this, and every single day, the words of Torah have to be in your eyes absolutely brand new. So if, if Torah is supposed to be brand new, there's a message from the Torah right now. What is the Torah teaching me and every one of us when it says, when you go out to war against your enemies, when that's not even relevant? You also need to, also need to understand a couple other things. It starts off with when you go out to war. There's an emphasis in the word going out. It doesn't say when you fight a war. It says when you go out to war. What's the emphasis there? Also... It says when you go out to war above your enemies, which is not a usual um, way of phrasing this word. It should have said you go out to war with your enemies, against your enemies. Why does it say above your enemies? As the same, same concept we learned in the mind before, that you have to know, we'll, we'll see later, that a Jew has to know at the very onset of battle that he is above his enemy. Question number three. What are the two ideas of Hashem delivering your enemies into your hands? Good morning. And taking captives. Um, so that was question number. Yeah. Next, next question is. No way, no way. Okay. Next question is. Why does it say Hashem give your enemy into your hand specifically? Why your hand of all things? What's the emphasis of the word on the word hand? And next question is. Why does it say you will take your captive? It doesn't say you'll take a captive. So again, question is. Why does it say above your enemy? Why does it say, Hashem will deliver your enemy into your hand and you'll take them as a captive? What are those two things? Number three, why does it say your hand specifically? Your, your enemy will be delivered into your hand. And, and number four, why does it say you'll take your captive? As if there's as, as if there's some kind of connection you have with this captive before. You'll take your captive. What does that mean? So in the service of a Jew, there are generally two different areas. There's our service in a holy arena, studying Torah, doing mitzvahs. And then there is the other arena, serving Hashem in our area, wherever we are in the world. To elevate and purify the physicality of the world and to make that place a vessel for holiness and godliness. In the famous expression of the Talmud, to make a dir to make a home for Hashem in the nethermost world, the lowest world, this world. So there's two different arenas, serving Hashem in a holy place, Torah, mitzvahs, and elevating the physical world, making the world a vessel 
for holiness and godliness. The difference between these two ways of serving God is as follows. The difference is in the way you approach the service of Hashem. When you're serving God in a holy place, in holy things, so in general, it's a peaceful thing because you're not dealing with an enemy. You're not dealing with opposition. There's no friction there. However, when you're trying to elevate the world, there, there is a war. And the Torah means when it says, we go out to war against your enemy, it's talking about dealing with most, this lowest world, where God created in this world things which openly, overtly, are your enemies, meaning that they conceal and they oppose godliness. The, as it says in Tanya, that this world is a world where, which is full of klippa, full of things that hide God's light, which are literally, it says in Tanya, mamish against God, and they say, I am, and me. That was not only referring to people who feel this way, that was just referring to, as I understand it, just the, the physicality of the world. As, there's an expression in Hasidim, velt like, the world lies. The world, is, the world is always lying to us. The world says, I am, and all there is is me. That's just the way the world is built. It's built in a way of klippa, in a way of concealment. And that um, that concealment is, is saying that, that, that this is all there is. And so naturally, the way the things are created, they are um, very far away from becoming a home for Hashem. And therefore, there's a need to fight, to have a war with the world, to conquer the world, to transform it and make it a home for Hashem, where Hashem can be revealed in His whole um, essence. Just like when you're at home, you're fully you're, you're fully expressed, and you're you you are the way you are. You you, you feel comfortably comfortably at home, and you are um, you, you're totally at home at home. You're, you're able to be yourself. So so too, when we talk about making a home for Hashem. It means a place where Hashem's essence is revealed. Hashem's essence is is present. I always knew when I was in elementary school the uh, smell of the cologne of each of my friends' fathers. <laughs> the, 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 the whole house, it seemed to me, was like was like it's old spice. Old, old, some old spice, yeah. So anyway, so, so so the meaning of making a home for Hashem. What does that mean? It's it's that Hashem is revealed the way Hashem is in His full essence, not the way Hashem's light is contracted. Further, since the enemies, the concealment of the world. It was created by God Himself. He Himself made the physicality of the world, and He made the world to have the characteristic of being nether, meaning that it's not uh, just that God made spirituality to be higher, to be to be something which is which is in touch with godliness. So, too, God made the physical world in a way that it should be nether, that it should be something that conceals godliness. So, it's understood the power of the opposition is not its own, The power of the opposition is not, is not there's something other than Hashem which is fighting, God forbid. Rather, it's a power of Hashem which created the, created the enemy to be in this, in this way. So, it, so therefore, there is uh, certainly an emphasis on a war that a Jew needs to fight in order to make this world a home for Hashem. Hashem created the world to be in a state that you need to you need to fight with it. So therefore, it's understood the language when you go out to war, and the language above your enemies. The Torah doesn't say when you fight a war; it says when you go out to war, and doesn't say with your enemies; it says above your enemies. 
Where is your set place? Where is, where is your home base, so to speak? The home base of a Jew is in the realm of holiness, in the realm of the higher. So in order to engage with the physical world and to fight with that which is nether, that which is concealing godliness, you have to leave your space and enter another space. And in order that you, a Jew should know how he has the power to be victorious in such a war, a war against something which is nether, and not just nether, a nether that God himself has made to be nether. God has made this thing to be low, to be, to be disconnected and disenfranchised, not just disenfranchised, but something which opposes godliness. Hashem made the world to be in a way that conceals godliness. Elsewhere, Chassiz points out that the word world means concealment. So Hashem made the world that way. So if you are going to contend with something which is in opposition, that God himself has created your opponent. So in order that we should know how we're able to win this war, therefore the Torah says, Ali above your enemies. That a Jew who goes out to war is way above all of his enemies, as we will learn a little further why that's true, what that means. So what the verse is saying like this, when we go out to war from our place of holiness, from our, our natural home place, our home base is the realm of holiness. Where are we going out to war? We're going out to war, we're going out to war with the um, with the physical war. What are we trying to do to, to transform and make a place for Hashem? So there's a formidable poem. The Torah is telling us you're above your enemies. That's what the Torah is telling us vis-a-vis the world. But there's also a message the Torah is telling us vis-a-vis ourselves. We have also inside of ourselves a higher and a nether, a higher and a lower. We have our body, we have our animal soul, which are lower to our souls, to our godly soul. And so we have to leave and we have to approach this as this is a battle against the Yetzirah, against evil inclination, to overcome the natural instincts of the body, of the animal soul, and to conquer it and to make it something that doesn't disturb our service of Hashem, and further, but that our animal soul should also serve God, and how should it serve God? As the Torah tells us, love God with all your hearts, in the plural. The hearts in the plural mean not just with your Yetzir Tov, not just with your godly soul, but also with the Yetzir Hara. And we have this power because the soul is Ali Vecha, the soul is way beyond the enemy, the soul is way beyond the animal soul, way beyond the Yetzir Hara, and therefore we have the power to not just um, not be affected by the instincts of the animal soul, but further to conquer it and to and to, and to use it for holiness. I just want to point out that it's not people sometimes hear these words. I think we're talking about tzaddikim. That tzaddik has the ability, as it says in Tanya, that you don't have um, any any uh, instinct of desire for the physical world. It's not what we're talking about. There is something that only tzaddikim can do. That's true. Tzaddikim only have this. Only tzaddikim have this ability to completely transform any vestige of of, of bodily instinct. That's they only have a godly and holy feelings. Like Hill Lazaken, who said when he went to eat, "I am going to do a favor for the poor, shameful one," referring to his body. He didn't have any interest in eating. That that that's the level of of tzaddikim, indeed. However, the idea of of just um, having the drive and excitement do mitzvahs, and that our animal soul, our natural soul, should uh, be that way, uh, should, should be excited about Judaism, is something that Hashem specifically 
empowers each of us to do to the extent that that is, um, as we went in the previous discourse, that's something that's that's connected to the very purpose of why God married the soul with the animal soul in order the animal soul should be transformed. There are a lot of people that do things with their neshama only, and they don't they don't try to bring their animal soul into it. They, they, they don't try to. It's, they're, they're always like feeling. Um, they're, they're, they have to hard knuckle it. They have to push themselves. They don't. They don't enjoy what they're doing. They don't feel they can enjoy what they're doing. The idea. The Torah uses a word in the Pirkei Avos uh, about someone who's strong, someone who's powerful. The word the Torah uses about someone who's powerful is he who conquers the Yitzhara. Conquer specific. Not someone who breaks it. Not someone who kills it. Who conquers it? Conquers it means that you're you're able to conquer it so that you own it. So your animal soul is 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 excited about what you're doing, that you as a human being, there was a guy by label uh, Kaplan al-Vashom, Rabbi Vitzvah he um, told the Rabbi he has a problem with arrogance what should you do about his problem with arrogance al-Vashom so Rabbi told Rabbi Kaplan you should use your arrogance out for your Torah study in other words you, you, you have arrogance, oh great, let's use that let's, use, let's give you something to be proud of Let's use your arrogance so that you want to be the best in the study of Torah. So, so that's using the animal soul the way the animal soul is. The animal soul wants arrogance; it's just giving it something to be arrogant about. But it means much more than that. Like they ever throw to the shluchim, these you know, uh, activists in this town who are trying to create Judaism in this town, and they ever told them you shouldn't just be involved in your godly soul; you should be involved in your animal soul. All ten parts of the animal soul. The animal soul has intellect, has feelings, has, has resolve. Everything in the animal soul should be totally invested in your mission, not just your godly soul. Shouldn't be hard knuckling it and like, and like pushing away your your humanness. Conquering your yitzhara means that you're able to completely have a holistic um, feeling in your service of Hashem. Not just when you're learning Torah, but even when you're engaging with the enemy. Even in, in your animal souls, it also is harnessed and also is excited about the service of Hashem. Okay. So in the war against the animal soul, it continues, there are two different kinds of war. There's a war which is a mitzvah and the war which is voluntary. Um, the difference between these two kinds of war is understood from the simple meaning, the simple distinction between these, these two kinds of war. There is the war of a mitzvah, the war against the seven nations, the war against Amalek, and the war, as mentioned, to fight against enemies when they attack us. And there is another kind of war, a voluntary war, when a king decides to fight war with the nations around him in order to broaden the Jewish borders and to and, and to establish his greatness. And I know that Dr. Resman asked this last year, what does that mean? At what point can you decide this? How did the king able to suddenly decide to broaden the borders? Didn't Hashem tell us when we were on the way to Israel not to attack other nations that don't belong to us? At what point is, is that is that a thing? And I did not do my homework since last year, but if you remind me after the class, I will try to under, have a better understanding of how that works. So, but there is a voluntary war, a war that you can fight, and there is a war that you have to fight. Fighting against the seven nations, or as Mashiach will come, there are ten nations that the, the Hashem, as we went last week's Torah portion, Hashem will give us three more nations uh, across Jordan as well. Who, uh, belong to Israel. So conquering them. So uh, conquering them, according to Torah, 
and making them making their land a land for Hashem, a holy land, that is a mitzvah. Whether or not uh, they just surrender and and they're they're happy to to uh, like we learned last week, even today there's a mitzvah to destroy the seven nations well, in Israel, even though they're not there anymore. Oh, I see. There's a mitzvah if they would be there. Mitzvah still, still exists. Mitzvah still exists. So, so, so. Uh, well, they've infiltrated Israel. There is, there are uh, the nations that have been wiped out already. They've been wiped out. So, they're, they're, so, so there's still a mitzvah, nevertheless, to destroy them. So, even if, uh, even God willing, never says that we are in state of merit, there's no need to have any wars. Um, but there's still the mitzvah to conquer those lands. However, however you do it. Then, then there is a mitzvah, the war with um, other nations, not those ten nations, not with Amalek. It's not a mitzvah. Rather, it's a voluntary thing to broaden the Jewish borders, to broaden the realm of holiness, the place of holiness, the place of Israel, and to make that place in the world which belongs to, to Gentiles and make that part of Israel. And so, too, in our service of Hashem, there is a war which is a mitzvah. There are some things that the Torah commands us to engage with the world. There are some, some things that the Torah says you have to get involved with the world. The, the Torah instructs us how to um, elevate the physicality of the world, how to ele- elevate the physicality of our body, and to bring it to holiness. There are some things which are critical, which are necessary. Um, that, according to the Hashem, way Hashem made us in this world, we have to be involved in the physical world, and we, we must do this. It's, it's part of, uh, of the way Hashem has built our circumstances, that we're engaged with the world because these are things which just come into us uh, because of you know, like this is where I go to work, and this is this is my family, and this is there, and th- these are my neighbors. There, there are is some. There, a chauffeur? Uh, there should be a chauffeur. My stand there somewhere. Can't find it. Uh, let me get you a chauffeur. One second. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's this commercial break being brought to you by? Hey, sorry about that. Shepherd Brothers of America. Okay. So there's some things we have to do. To, we have to engage in the world because because we have to. And in those things that we have to engage with the world, with the Torah tells us all your actions should be for the sake of Hashem and all your ways you should know Him. And it's like conquering Israel. Israel was in the hands of the seven nations, and we. We had to conquer it. We had to make that place of the seven nations of Israel. So too, there are some parts of our life which are natural space that Hashem has put us in, and we and, and we're engaged with the world in this way because this is the circumstances that God has created. That's a obligation. That's a war of a mitzvah. The idea of a mechemes hereshus, a voluntary war, to broaden the borders of Israel, to to make the king's name greater, more that means to, to engage the world more than you have to according to Allah. That means you're not satisfied with elevating those mundane things in your life which the Torah commands you to be engaged with. Rather, you broaden and you increase in your service of Hashem in elevating other areas of the world. For example, 
it says um, in the Torah, in the Zohar, it says bread is eaten on the tip of the sword, right? And what that means is, is that uh, when we engage with, with eating, with food, it's supposed to be a war that we're not just eating and drinking for the sake of the, the gratification of our body, but rather with the eating and drinking, we're eating for the sake of Hashem, to have energy to serve Hashem, and we are conscious and think about the, how God is animating us, right? So how, what do you eat? One second, what do you eat? Are you eating only bread and water? Um, are you also, or are you also eating uh, good meats? Are you drinking good wine? So the idea of broadening the border is that not just when you are eating bread and water is it for the sake of Hashem, but also when you're eating meat and wine. And so too, regarding the way we um, engage with the world, you're not satisfied with, with elevating the minimal, you're a minimalist in regards to elevating your area in the world. Oh, as little as possible, I'm going to engage with the world. Rather, you're looking for new places in the world that you could elevate by putting a new shul, a new base medish, a new place of mitzvahs in a place that's not there before. Like uh, Rabbi Yonatan is engaged, uh, involved with uh, Chabad of rural Georgia, with, uh, with Chaim Markowitz. They're going out to, throughout the entire uh, uh, Georgia finding Jews. We don't want, we're not just satisfied with, with, with the people on the, that we have to engage with. We're going out and looking for other places and other and other uh, people to uh, to inspire. That's the other mechamas roshus. You're not just doing things you have to because Hashem because this is you know part of halacha. You have to go to work, etc. And therefore you're going to you're you're involved in the world. The Torah says so. So you do A, B, and C. There was a chassid. I hear your question in a second. There was a chassid. His name was a berkechein. The berkechein was a wanted um, fugitive of the uh, KGB. And he was hid. Uh, many Hasidim um, uh, helped him through his time running away from the KGB and hosted him in their house despite the great personal danger. I don't remember who was hosting him at the time. I think he was... Uh, but whoever it was, they, um, they, they kept him... It's on the standard. Thank you. Um, wherever he was at the time, he insisted that he leave the house and go on a walk once a day. Why? He wanted to participate in purifying the world. He wanted. He felt like he's in the house. Yeah, he also is, he, he can't. He can't do too much outside the world, right? He has. But he actually he, he could go outside the house. It's not dangerous. Three o'clock in the morning. Walk around the block and say words of Tanya, so that he could participate in in going do something in the world. That's that's a voluntary work. That's something he had to do. So in the similar way in ourselves, the things we do, we have to, and things that we choose to. That's Muhammad Shush. Things you choose to do to engage world. Go ahead, what's your question? When you say uh, bread is eaten at the tip of a sword, I have another more graphic explanation of that. Because the world's greatest resources, the breadbasket lands of the world, like Ukraine, okay, it's great wealth, it's wheat fields. People go to war for that. Uh-huh. And, we, and you know, the Torah says to us, and the Torah, the Gemara says to us that, you know, even on Shabbos, for wheat and stubble, you're allowed to go out to war to protect it. Interesting. So you're saying that there, there, there's a uh, there, there's actual a, wars that are being fought for this. Oh, absolutely. You know, the heartland of America, the heartland of Europe, the heartland of you know where the bread is being produced. But do you think about that when you're having breakfast? Well, that's the other <laughs> kind of war. That's the war of what's good I'm to saying, eat, what's not but, good to eat. Well, you're saying something. You're saying you're yeah. saying that we should pay, pay attention to the fact that there are wars being fought about about these um, resources yes. and that, that how valuable it is. To, uh, to to engage in this war that I was talking about, yeah. not just to you know to just eat because we're eating. Yeah, exactly.
Okay. Um, okay, so we're going to we're going to see how uh, this kind of war specifically broadening the borders has unique challenges and unique um, uh, gifts that Hashem gives us to, to engage in, as we'll see, because you're, you're going beyond what you have to do. And whenever you do something that you don't have to do, it's not clear you have to do, there, there is a new challenge. Take some more initiative, as we shall see in Mr. Hashem. All right. Have a great day. Have a great day, David. Have a great day, Jonathan. Have a great day, Chaim Peretz. Thank you. Sorry, wait, wait.